Yeah, you touched right on the on the hot spot here. I feel like you're right. I mean, I think the last decade or so um, has seen an explosion of these uh, advances and developments of ever more complex uh, 3D structured materials. And I think, uh, you know, that has been made possible by advances in manufacturing. Like now there are 3D printers that can, you know, 3D print multi-material uh, in, uh, you know, impossibly or vastly varying scales, you know, from nanometers to, 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 to concrete, you know, that can, can 3D print houses. And I think everything in between is covered, right? So we can, we can 3D print and fabricate um, very complex geometries uh, uh, with different materials and sometimes combining different materials. You can 3D print composites, uh, for example. I think the challenge there is, is what you mentioned, which is, but how to choose, you know, which material goes where and what is the optimal geometry. And I think that's uh, perhaps still where the biggest challenge is. is. It goes back to the question we discussed before of the computational tools and how can we combine topology optimization that determines the geometry of the microstructure or the structure of the material and the material optimization that determines what constitutive properties of what materials should go in every voxel of this three-dimensional space. I think, I think that's still a challenge that's completely open. So especially for, for uh, you know, those of us in the community uh, or, or all the people in the community developing the, developing numerical models, that's certainly a, an exciting gap to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess ask you uh, first comment that came because you have the both expertise in the computational side and material science. What could be significant parameters you have to look for in this problem? Because sometimes we have this kind of communication between material science and robots. So it's tricky sometimes to figure out what could be the significant parameters you have to consider in that case. What do you mean for prompters? like young models, mechanical parameters, mm. parameters or electrical, which is, I think is very significant to you in that case. Yeah, you know, actually, this is a, this is a question I get asked a lot, uh, um, because the, the question is, what is it, what's maybe more of, uh, more, more than prompters, I'm thinking, what is the function we want to optimize, right? I think in many of the papers I see, and, and we are, we're, we're doing the same in my own group, many of the papers try to target exotic properties. Like we started talking about negative Poisson's ratio or multifunctionalities or, but the question is maybe coming from a more practical side is what do we really need, especially in the robotic sense, right? And what type of soft robots are the ones that we want to target first? And is, for example, is it something like a soft exoskeleton that augments humans mobility or, is it something that um, mimics, for example, the natural world by camouflaging in the environment, right? And I think depending on what is the function and what is the objective here, the practical applications, we can then determine the, the so-called prompts or, or, uh, or functionalities that we want to optimize for and design for. But until we know exactly what problem we're trying to solve, it's hard to say, oh, Young's modulus is more important than say stiffness mm-hmm. or, uh, or transparency. I think those are very much a function of the problem we're trying to solve here. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. So we have, I'm going to ask you about the geometric nonlinearities and the material nonlinearities. How do you see the coupling both of them in an interesting way to have this maybe, yeah, replacing the control? Because you speak about how we, we can design a material that can play at the machine. So how, how do you see the geometric and nonlinearities? You can explore them in, in an interesting way. 
So I have a soft spot, spot in my heart for non-linearities. <laughs> That's been what really was the, yeah. the beginning of my career since I was a PhD student was to deal with, you know, these geometric non-linearities in particular. I remember back then I was studying contact problems between, between particles. And, uh, and I was fascinated by the richness of the mechanical phenomena that arise when you are able to control nonlinearities. You know, in many engineering designs to date, if you look at the objects around, uh, around us, you see that we tend to swipe the nonlinearity under the rug because nonlinearity is scary. It's often unpredictable. It's hard to model and it can lead to chaotic slash catastrophic uh, events that are undesirable. And so, so far we tend to linearize everything and say, no, 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 the system is linear. Everything is predictable. Elasticity is there for us to help. And I think that if we learn to tame nonlinearity and use it to our advantage in design, then a lot of new properties, a lot of new functionalities uh, um, can be embedded even in a single material system. And this is um, true for both material nonlinearities, which are nonlinearities that arise in the constitutive response of a material, like think about rubber elasticity, mm -hmm. as well as uh, geometrical nonlinearities like uh, buckling that can be phenomenally useful when you're trying to create something that's soft and that can shape more. Um, the hard part here, the challenge is, is how to tame them, right? And, and it goes back uh, once again to being able to model them because today there are not really good tools, neither analytical nor computational that can lead, can, um, can deal easily, easily, I mean, cost effectively, so fast and, and easily in terms of, um, capturing the real behavior that can deal with uh, either large deformations that come from rubber elasticity or buckling instabilities. These are super challenging problems uh, to compute in the forward model, let alone to design for in the inverse model.